the first Sunday of a new year, new calendars, new opportunities. What do you hope for in 2019? Maybe good health, maybe some prosperity, maybe some new opportunities. How about fulfillment in life? The vast majority of Americans say that having fulfillment in life is very, very important to them. And when asked, what does fulfillment or success and fulfillment in life mean? Well, they say these things. 85% say it means good health. 83% says it means being able to spend time doing things we enjoy. 81% says it means healthy marriage or healthy relationships. 79% says it's a good balance between work life and regular life. And 75% say it's having an enjoyable job. And as important as all those things are, and they are important, are those the things that make for a fulfilled life? If so, then if my health fails, does that mean I'm no longer able to be fulfilled? If I'm no longer able to do the things that I enjoy, does that mean I can't be fulfilled in life? If life comes at me in a way where I can't keep that healthy balance, does that mean I can't be fulfilled in life? I mean, as important as health and enjoyment and balance are in life, these things are more about the circumstances of life. But when it comes to fulfillment, we're talking about something that's much deeper. It's a condition of the heart. It's a condition that's born out of our faith in God and our faithfulness to God. It's a condition that's born out of practices, things like gratitude and mindfulness and awe. And so in this series of sermons over the next five weeks, we're going to be unpacking this fulfilled life and taking a look at these sorts of things. We're going to begin with gratitude, and I've got about an hour's worth that I want to say about gratitude. So I can't say it all today. So we're going to start today. We're going to finish next week, a little bit even into the following week. But with that, let's get started with a word of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, St. Paul says to give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances. All. Really? All? I mean, I'm thankful for a warm and dry house. And I'm thankful for people in my life who love me and who I love. But all circumstances, when I'm sick, when I have problems, when my loved ones are struggling, when I lose somebody. I mean, life can come at us pretty hard. And it isn't always easy, and we know that. And St. Paul knew that too when he said, give thanks in all circumstances. And of course, part of what St. Paul was talking about is what is the gift that we have that comes from what Christ Jesus has done for us in our lives. But he also recognized that there's something about giving thanks that impacts how we live our lives. Give thanks in all 
circumstances. So, you know to do that now, so you're good? You're going to do that from now on? Right? Okay, well, let's back up for just a moment. And let's think for a moment. What does it mean to be grateful? To give thanks? 78% of Americans say that they are deeply, deeply grateful at least once every week. 78%, which means we ought to know what it means, right? Social scientists help us to know that gratitude is a personal path toward health, contentment, and peace. So with so many of us experiencing a deep sense of gratitude, we ought to be pretty healthy and have a lot of contentment and feel some peace. Right? And social scientists help us to understand that gratitude builds healthy and strong community. So with 80% of Americans feeling grateful, we ought to have pretty strong and pretty healthy communities. Right? Other research indicates that we live in a time where the anxiety and the distrust is at an all-time high. So there's this disconnect between gratitude and what we experience in our lives. A disconnect between saying we're grateful and yet feeling distrustful about how life is unfolding around us. Can gratitude really have any kind of impact upon our lives? I mean, why is there that disconnect? The answer, in part at least, is, is kind of simple. Over the course of time, we have kind of twisted, warped our understanding of what gratitude really is. In our culture, in our country, gratitude for many has become an obligation to repay some gift or some favor. Now, I know that's not a definition you'd give to it. That doesn't sound like gratitude at all, obligation to repay a gift or favor. But think about this. Maybe you've had this experience. Somebody gives you a Christmas gift, a really nice Christmas gift, and you didn't get them anything. And then how do you feel? Like maybe you should have gotten them something? Like there's something that's not quite right now? Like like a relationship's a little out of balance or something? Or, or how about this? It's your birthday and somebody gives you a gift and it's your birthday. So there's no reason to think that you should give a gift back. So you simply receive the gift and say thank you. And a few hours later, you write out a thank you card to mail them because you got to give them something. They gave you something, right? So you got to give them something back. It's only right. It's only proper. So you send them the thank you card. And a couple of days later, you get a thank you card from them thanking you for thanking them. And now what are you supposed to do? You got to send a thank you card thanking them for thanking you for thanking them for giving you a gift. When does it stop? And who gets the last word? And why is that important? It's this sense of obligation. It's kind of built in. And if that's, if that's what gratitude is, if that's what gratitude is, this sense of trying to keep from being indebted to another person, then it's no wonder that so many people have a hard time receiving gifts. You may know somebody has a hard time receiving gifts. Maybe you have a hard time receiving gifts. It's no wonder that people have a hard time understanding grace. 
how God could just pour something out upon us. Not to get something in return. Not because we deserve it, but simply because we're here. I mean, gratitude, it's not about trying to keep from being indebted to another person, this obligation to pay things back. At its very heart, gratitude is born out of a recognition of how dependent we are upon God and what God has done for us in giving us life, what God has done for us through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it is a recognition of our interdependence upon one another for life, for life. The more we recognize our dependence on God, the more we recognize our interdependence upon one another, the more we start experiencing a sense of gratitude welling up within us that has to spill over no matter what the circumstance of life. So let's pause for a moment. And let's listen to what Scripture has to say. Marianne, will you read for us? Our Scripture lessons today are found in the New Testament. The first reading is found in James, the first chapter, verse 17, and reads, Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no change. The second reading is found in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, verses 16 through 18, and are, rejoice always. Really? Rejoice always? Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And verse 18 is the hardest. Give thanks in all circumstances. And again, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. This has been the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Mary. Well, thank God for GPS. You know, what would our life be without it? I'm, I'm headed over to your house to visit. But somehow I get confused and turned around and a little lost. And so what do I do? I get out my phone and I plug in your address and a polite voice tells me what to do, where to go, and it almost always gets me to the right place. Thank God for GPS. You know, when I was young, it wasn't that way. If I'm on my way over to your house and I get turned around a little lost, I got to figure it out myself. I got to figure out how to get from where I am to where I need to be on my own. Well, Jerry would always tell me, why don't you stop and ask for directions? <laughs> like I was ever going to do that. <laughs> I had to figure it out on my own. I'm not going to stop and ask for help. To ask for help admits some vulnerability. And in the world in which I grew up, vulnerability was not a value. Independence, that was valued. You got to make it on your own. It was true for men, it's become true for women. This importance of being able to make it on our own, 
to make our own way, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, to find our way from where we are to where we want to be, this sense of independence. We value that in our culture. And there's something about it that seems kind of attractive, this sense of independence. And yet there's also something about it that smacks of a little idolatry. I mean, at its best, it's naive. At its worst, it's just flat out untrue. So I'm trying to make my way over to your house. And I get turned around and lost along the way. But I'm going to make it there on my own. I'm independent. I'm going to make it there on my own. I don't need anybody else's help as I'm driving a car that somebody else made, on a road that somebody else made, following street signs that somebody else made, using fuel that somebody else made. I get out my cell phone that somebody else made. I put in your address into GPS that somebody else made. And maybe I'm hungry, so I stop and get something to eat that somebody else grew and harvested and packaged and sent so somebody else could prepare it and sell it to me with money that somebody else made and then shared with me. And, but I'm going to make it on my own. I'm independent in this world, right? The sense of independence, it's naive at best. Flat out untrue, really. There's this interdependence. And, and when we forget that, when we start thinking that we're independent, well, it works against the sense of community and it keeps us from fully experiencing what Paul is talking about when he says, be thankful in all circumstances. The reality is that there is this great interdependence and it's necessary for our lives. I think about my life and all the gifts that I've received, the people have, who have poured something of themselves into me thinking of those things as gift, all these gifts that I've received from my parents, from my siblings, from my family, from my friends, from my teachers, from my preachers, from my congregation, from Christians, all these gifts that have been poured into my life. I think about all the gifts that I receive from folks who otherwise would go unseen, making my life a little easier, the essentials of life a little more convenient. I think about God's work in the midst of it all, the life I have in Christ. And not just that, but how God's been at work in my life, opening doors, closing other doors, bringing people into my life who would help me along my, my journey. As I recognize this interdependence, I come to understand that it's all gift. That life, it's gift. I mean, I'm here. I occupy this moment in time. But I didn't do anything to earn being alive. Life was given to me. It's a gift that was just given to me. And the fact that I am here occupying this moment of time, it's because of gift from God. And you're here. You occupy this moment of time as well. And you're here because of gift, a gift from God. And this moment of time that you occupy, it may be a time filled with joy and so you feel a sense of celebration or maybe it's a time of deep struggle and so you feel a sense of resistance. But whatever it is, you are here and you are experiencing it and you are alive. It's all gift. It's all gift. I mean, think of it this way. Think of your life being like a table full of gifts. We just got through with Christmas. You can picture this. 
a table that's full of gifts. Let's call it the, the Christmas dinner table. The food's prepared, the table's set. The people that you want to share with are there with you. It's time to sit down. So you take your seat, somebody says a quick prayer, and then you stuff your face. But wait, wait. Think for a moment. You are here. Occupying this moment, able to have this experience because of a gift God has given you. And the people who are next to you, they are here, occupying this moment, able to have this experience with you because of a gift that God gave them. Meanwhile, you're sitting on a chair somebody else made, at a table somebody else made, using dishes and silverware somebody else made. Preparing to eat food that somebody else grew and harvested and sent on its way. It's gift upon gift upon gift upon gift. The more we recognize our dependence on God, the more we recognize this interdependence upon one another, the more our hearts start filling with a little gratitude to the point that it has to spill over. We find reason to be grateful no matter what the circumstance of life because no matter what the circumstance of life we have received an abundance of gifts now we're about to gather around another table this table has a lot of gifts on it the gift of the sacrifice our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ made for us it's got a lot of gifts on it the promise of God to be with us not just in this moment from a, but from now on, for always, it's got a lot of gifts on it. When we gather around the table aware that life is just gift, what do we do? Do we say a quick prayer and stuff our face? No, we have to share it to make certain that all have an opportunity to have what is needed. The heart of gratitude. Thanks be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.